Hey friends, welcome. Welcome to Medicine Stories. This is episode 97. It's going to be an Amber Rambles episode. Kind of just wanted to mark the five-year anniversary of Medicine Stories and share a little behind-the-scenes stuff about the podcast and also share about something that's been heavy on my heart lately. I shared a little bit on Instagram a few nights ago. Maybe you saw it, maybe not. Um, I'm going to share about the death of the 16-year-old friend of my daughter recently and um, oh, just some lessons that we can all learn from it and the disturbing cultural trend that I am noticing. Um, and a few announcements as well. Let's do the boring announcements first. So I'm going to release this on the yeah five-year anniversary of the first Medicine Stories episode coming out, which was uh, November 22nd, 2017. Um, I definitely you know remember at the beginning of the year thinking, oh, it'd be so cool if I released the 100th episode on that day, but that is not how it's turned out with moving into a new house and moving my dad into long-term care and really stepping in to sort of take over his financial paperwork life it's it's just been crazy there's been no time for work um and so it's episode 97 instead but i'm, I'm still actually pretty impressed with almost 100 episodes in five years, running this entire thing by myself. And I've just kind of had to surrender a lot lately to where I am in life, you know, with I have my my little one, my little one still needs so much of my attention. And so does my teenager and they're not with us forever, not even close. 16, you know, she's a couple years away from making her way in the world even though I tell her all the time she can stay here as long as she wants and she can fly back to the nest anytime. I'm just trying to slow down and root into the preciousness of, of these years. Um, so we are going to do a whatever Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday sale this year in the Mythic Medicinals online herbal shop, which we have not done in a while. Um, I, I, we're going to put the St. John's wort uh, oils on sale and still haven't decided exactly what percentage discount or if anything else is going to be on sale. We're sort of, you know, we're always, of course, having to keep track of our inventory. And as I've shared many times before, we harvest our herbs either from our gardens or ethically wildcrafted here in the Sierra Nevada foothills or the high Sierra. Um, some some of our herbs we do have to order organically grown, like licorice root and ginger and things that we can't grow. But so many online herb companies just order their herbs from other places and then make their beautiful concoctions and sell them. And so they have infinite supply, basically. And since we don't have that, we can only harvest during the time of year that the plants are ready. Um, we, we have a finite number of bottles that we can make and therefore it's harder for us to run big sales because we can't just order more to, um, to replace the stock. So we just have to be careful about sales because we do actually need to make sure we're covering our costs and 
profiting enough to keep everything going and keep our um, our family going. So we that's why we don't run sales as often as other people. It's just a slower form of herbalism, more grounded in the land that we're actually in, and it um, you know puts constraints on us that other herb product businesses don't always have. So yeah, I think for those four days, Friday through Monday, we'll have some sort of sale going, definitely the St. John's Wort Oil, not sure about other products, maybe at Mythic Medicinals or MythicMedicine.com. The product line is Mythic Medicinals. The website is MythicMedicine.com. Wow, yeah, being in this new place, just really reflecting on how much our business grew in the six years that we were in the house we just moved out of and you know if you ever listen to especially the first episode oh let me turn my phone off um you know that i had wanted to start a podcast since 2006. i wish i could remember what podcasts i was even listening to 2006 in in 2006 listening to in 2006 but i know is on um you know itunes on my computer <laughs> and it was pregnant and I had a new baby and I wanted to start a podcast all about birth and mothering and herbalism and it took me 11 years until 2017 to finally do it and I had no idea what I was doing but I'm so glad I did I just it's completely changed our lives this podcast has completely changed everything and I'm so grateful it's to the point now where I get recognized a lot in my little town which is so i will never get used to it and it's fine because you know the people who who listen are lovely thoughtful kind people who are interested in ancestral healing and earth-based herbal healing and they're all totally lovely but it's just still absolutely bizarre to me to be recognized um but it happens a lot it happens to owen too (laughs) and um, you know, just the, just everything has just changed our lives in so many ways. And I, if you've ever considered starting a podcast, I could not recommend it more. Like it doesn't matter that there's millions of them out there now. Um, you know, your people will find you, your people will find you. That's how it works. There's these millions of little niches and then the people tune in to what they resonate with. I, I never could have known it would be so successful. I never could have known that I would be getting messages. I mean, almost daily, sometimes multiple a day, sometimes, you know, less, but of people saying like, this has changed my life. This podcast has changed my life. Thank you so much for what you're doing. And all I'm doing is following my heart, following what pulls me, what calls to me and speaks to me. And I did not know if it would resonate with other people, but it has. Um, and again, I'm so grateful. Um, okay. One more little announcement too, is that, um, the, the confessions. So what episodes were these? Episode 88, um, about ancestral foodways and modern matriarchy and the whole confessions of a well-nourished woman online collection of interviews that my friend Katya Nova put together. That is also going to be on sale on Cyber Monday for half off, as well as the project that sort of grew out of that called the Confessions Money Boot Camp. Um, episode 92, I talked about that. Expansion is our nature, a matriarchal reframe for money and my personal story going from broke to flow. 
uh, podcast definitely helped. Um, so both of those online collections of interviews, um, Confessions of a Well-Nourished Woman has like over 50 interviews, but the Money Boot Camp was a one day, like eight hour, eight, 10 hour, maybe 12 hour um, Zoom event. So kind of the same, but kind of different. They're both gonna be half off on Cyber Monday for a 48 hour sale. So if you were interested in either of those, but didn't jump at the time, now they're gonna be half off. Of course, I'll have the link to that and to our um, online shop in the show notes. And you can listen to episode 88 or 92 of this podcast if you wanna know more about that. Um, I wanted to tell you too about the, the most downloaded episodes, I thought probably at least someone out there is curious. Um, I, I didn't actually put this together until just now when I was getting ready to sit down and hit record here. So the top four most downloaded episodes of this podcast, the first one is episode 91, The Mineral Matrix and the Motherline That Made You with Hamid Jabbar. I loved that one too. And it makes me so happy that so many other people loved it. Um, oh, I'm see my kitty walk by outside. The second most downloaded is 87, Elemental Interbeing, um, Food Information Overwhelm, and Cell Deep Nourishment for Women with Kimber Malden. So that's about prometabolic and bioenergetic nutrition. The third most downloaded episode is 67, Harvesting Light. The Alchemy of Sun and Human with Nadine Artemis. And then the fourth most downloaded, sorry, I'm clicking around here in my stats, um, is, sorry, I've got the little, the little gear thing going around and around, Healing the Bones, uh, episode 69 holistic dental health lineage and being soft with yourself with rupam henry so the the thing that ties all of those together is that they're like i think of them as hardcore health episodes it's hardcore health information um you know i also of course have a ton of episodes on herbalism land-based healing ancestral connection and I love those things. And I think of those things as the core of what I'm doing. And that's actually mostly what I hear from people when they write me with their thank yous is thank you for those things. But here we have a look at minerals, a look at food, a look at dental health, and a look at the sun and the importance of the sun for health. And these are the top four most downloaded episodes. And I I was surprised to see that, but also not because I love that shit. Clearly, I'm choosing to talk about it on my podcast, but I often, that's what I'm seeking when I'm um, looking for podcast episodes or books or information of some kind is this sort of hardcore health information, especially when it's so opposed to what we all have grown up always being told by the government and the media and the medical establishment right and then especially when we all start implementing these things especially as women and find that like oh it works i am healthier when i'm interacting with the sunshine when i'm getting enough minerals when i'm eating for my metabolic health and oh yeah my dental health because it's 
bone health also super improves when I'm doing these things. So thank you for listening. I love that. I love that y'all are tuning into that too. And then, so it looks like the fifth one too is 79, Sunshine Medicine, The Healing Magic of St. John's Wort, which is just a solo episode, me talking about one of my favorite herbs. Um, That's really interesting too. I always plan to do more of those kind of solo episodes. Just takes time. Oh, 86 is also up there. Generations, Gene Codes, and Entheogenic Earth Medicine with Michaela de la Mico. Yep, again, something else. Um, another very opposite to the mainstream take on healing and on motherhood. And speaking of psychedelics and psychedelic healing, I think this is now the time where I'm going to move into talking about what happened in my community last week. I really want to be respectful. And I would not be sharing if I didn't think there was a really big lesson to be learned here. And I have a few things to tie into it as well that I've been wanting to talk about on the podcast for a while. And I just think this is this is my chance. Um, so I've really been going slow on how I share about this, but it's also... First of all, I want to be respectful of my daughter and I don't want her to ever feel like, oh, my mom talked about this on her podcast, you know, and she shouldn't have done that. But mostly I want to be respectful to the girl who died, who I knew had been in my car and in my home and who my daughter had spent a lot of time with and to her family and friends and everyone left behind and hurt. But the truth is that this is all out there. Her name is out there. The story is out there. I'll talk more about this and the major problem I have with it in a bit. And so I think that by actually being one of the few voices speaking about it respectfully, um, that I can honor her in that way. So um, on Thursday, I think maybe it was the 11th, 10th, 10th, um, my daughter told me, hey, mom, Trinity's missing. I was like, oh, weird. Um, But I just, I've actually, there's been quite a few teenagers that I know that have been missing and then been okay recently. And this ties into the much bigger story of what the last few years have done to teens. Okay, 42% of Gen Z is now diagnosed with a mental health condition. And it's multifactorial for sure, but we cannot um, overemphasize what lockdowns and being kept apart from each other in the time of their life when they're wired to be together has done to these kids. I'll put a bunch of links in the show notes for really interesting articles and podcast episodes that have helped me understand this. Um, But like the Teenagers are struggling right now, and every teenage mom I know, we just sort of live in terror of something going awry. It's, you know, teenagers are always difficult. It's always a fraught time of life. Teenage parents have always been worried, but it is next level right now with their access to the internet and everything. And then, you know, drug use is skyrocketing and addiction and fucking fentanyl. I just feel like every time I turn around, I'm like, there's a new threat flying at me, and I'm throwing up my hands to deflect it and 
trying to educate my daughter and she doesn't necessarily always want to hear what her mom has to say about something. Um, although for the most part, she was pretty good about listening and engaging. Um, so Trinity's missing. Um, she had ran out of her aunt's house barefoot in pajamas the night before and no one had heard from her since. And it's just like, what? You know, this is, this is bizarre, but it was sort of the general consensus, even online, like in Facebook groups in the community that there was just a f- I don't know. I just a lot of people really thought she was going to be okay and that she was going to come home. It didn't. I don't know. You never know. So that was Thursday. By Thursday bedtime, she still hadn't been found. It's like okay, it's getting a little weird. By Friday afternoon, I was so anxious. I was so anxious. I had to cancel plans with a friend. I just had to like lay in bed and like body oil and castor oil pack, and I was like doing all the self care things, trying to just calm my body um, and checking Facebook constantly because I'm in these groups, you know, where is Trinity and waiting for an update. And at some point someone published that um, the sheriff were making an announcement. And so then I'm just like refreshing to see what the announcement was. And the announcement was that they had found her body half a mile north of the aunt's house that she had left um, at the bottom of a ravine, dead. So it's a super, it's a part of town I'm familiar with. It's a very, very, very densely wooded shrub, manzanita, oak area. Um, and okay, so then, so everyone's kind of like, what, what, you know, what the hell? Like, so sad, of course. I went upstairs right away and told my daughter and showed her the sheriff's announcement. And, you know, within a minute, she's getting texts from everyone else, too. Um, and so then as the day goes on, well, I'll just stop giving you my personal moment by moment narrative, but I'm starting to get texts from people that she had been on acid. And at this point now we do know exactly what happened because the aunt whose house she was at finally posted a few days later about what had happened. And so she and her friend were staying at her aunt's house and her aunt is actually just a really close friend of her mother's and they were on acid. I really do feel weird talking about this, but it's just, it's all out there. So they were on acid and they just seemed like they were having just like a normal time. Um, Like she was braiding her aunt's hair. I don't think the aunt knew, but I'm really not sure. Um, And like they made popcorn and then the aunt and her boyfriend were falling asleep watching TV in her room. I'm actually, I just found the aunt's Facebook post that she finally did, and I'm going to read you her exact words. Um, At that point, I fell asleep probably around 9.45. My boyfriend was in bed next to me watching TV, starting to doze off as well. I don't want to name names, so I'm I'm not going to. I'm I'm just going to change names while I read her words. The friend who was with Trinity says that around 10.15 or so, they went outside on the porch to smoke weed. One of the girls had brought a bong over. That is what they were smoking out of. The friend says that when the lighter went off, Trinity got really scared and started to freak out. At 10.30, she opened my back door yelling that the house was going to blow up. At that point, I jumped out of bed, ran out into the living room because I thought the house was on fire because I have an open place fireplace. 
The house was fine. I was in a daze and very confused. I walked back into my bedroom where my back door was open. My boyfriend was on the porch and I could see Trinity outside. I told her she needed to get her butt inside and go to bed. She was yelling, speaking nonsense that I did not understand. And she told my boyfriend she could see radiation. To come outside, she would show him. My boyfriend at that point went into the house to put his shoes and a sweater on and went back outside. That was within seconds. He came back in the house minutes later and said he could not find her. I got out of bed, got dressed, and we started searching the property, at which point we still cannot find her. So I called her mom and then she calls the cops. And basically she's saying that they were out all night looking for Trinity and calling her name, walking in the neighbor's properties, walking everywhere. Again, this is a super rural part of a super rural county. So it was like I just I just can't believe that this happened. Like actual acid freakouts are so rare, even though they were heavily propagandized in the 60s. Um, we now know that people almost never die as a direct result of a psychedelic. And of course, in this case, the cannabis is very much implicated as well. And I want to talk more about that. Um, I mean, I've heard I've always heard stories of someone being on a psychedelic and having an okay time, a good time, whatever, and then smoking weed and it going awry. And actually we were down visiting my grandma who's gonna turn 101 in a few weeks. Um, the day after Trinity was found and my 75 year old uncle said that that happened to him in the 60s, that he was on an acid trip, it was fine. And then he smoked some cannabis and it got bad. Um, set off a bad trip. And, you know, there's this whole, like, cannabis today is not like it used to be. And I've been wanting to talk about this on the podcast for a while. Um, I'm going to put links in the show notes for this. If you have teenagers, you have to read these articles. You have to understand how different, how much higher in potency THC, um, these new cannabis strains that are being grown today now are, and then especially if they're being super concentrated and made into dabs for the vape pens, that's a whole other thing. But even just pure flower, pure buds that you're crushing and rolling or putting in a pipe, even those are so much higher THC content today that it has a real, real different effect in some people's brains. Clearly not everyone's brains, but some people's brains. And, you know, we've known for a long time that if someone has an underlying psychiatric condition that maybe hasn't come out yet, it's going to happen in the late teens or early 20s. And I'm not saying that Trinity did have an underlying psychiatric condition. I have no idea. Um, I, you know, I think it was just a fucking tragic, tragic accident that happened as a combination of LSD and cannabis. Um, and I mean, it was dark, it was cold. So as of my recording this, they have not released the autopsy results, although the family has said that they will. Um, she either died of her injuries from falling into the ravine or of exposure. So we don't, you know, she was missing for, she ran out at 10.30 at night on Wednesday and was found at 2 p.m. on Friday. It's just been torturing me and I'm sure her family and those who love her to wonder what happened in those in-between times um, and to imagine how scared she must have been in her state of mind. And I mean, truly the only reason I share this is so that 
my fellow mothers of teenagers can talk to their kids about this stuff. Um, this is, again, it's so statistically unlikely for something like this to happen, but it fucking happened. And I am a person who has advocated for the use of psychedelics on this podcast. You know, that episode 86 with Michaela, when I had James Fadiman on, I think episode 13 and other episodes that it's come up on. But as I have made clear, um, I advocate for the respectful, reverential, careful use of psychedelics, like not, I mean, this wasn't even like a party scenario though, either, you know, it's, it was just like two friends. My first big psychedelic experience, I was their age too. I was 16. Was, there were three of us and it was amazing and beautiful and it changed my life. And but there was a period during that trip where I was really scared, where I thought I was going crazy. Um, I thought I was never going to be okay again. I thought I was dead. And for whatever reason, it went a different way for me that night. I didn't smoke weed. Um, who knows if that would have made it worse. But I got through the really scary part of the trip, and that's when it sort of plateaued or maybe like um, ascended into the really beautiful part of the trip where I'm bonded forever to the girls I was with. And this is a wake up call for me, for sure, as well, to not put these medicines on such a pedestal. Um, and, you know, even going back to the number one most downloaded episode with Hamid talking about minerals, the whole he came to minerals from being someone in the psychedelic world doing a lot of plant medicine and noticing that they're actually depleting people's minerals so you can listen to that episode for more about that um we have to approach psychedelics and cannabis cautiously we have to do it cautiously so also i want you to be aware of what happened to slow down farmstead tara's daughter mila and tara has been speaking about this openly now so i also feel safe doing so i feel that i'm being respectful um and i have asked tara to be on the podcast and i hope that she will still but i will link to her article below what happened to our daughter um but i'll briefly say that Mila was a beautiful, happy, thriving teenager, all sorts of extracurricular activities, just like a motivated person and lockdowns were devastating for her. And unbeknownst to her parents, she started vaping weed constantly. Um, and within, I believe it's a few months, she was it had completely rewired her brain. She was a different person. They knew something was wrong. They were trying to help and intervene, but they didn't know about the weed. And it would have made a difference if they had known. Um, and she took her own life. And it's, you know, really catapulted Tara into sharing more information about cannabis. And like the day before I read Tara's article, I already knew what happened, but I didn't have the details that she shared in the article. I had read this piece, how we became the new OxyContin. Big Pharma and Big Tobacco are helping market high-potency, psychosis-inducing THC products as your mother's, quote, medical marijuana. So they're really making the point here that now that it's such a huge fucking moneymaker, um, 
and of course it does have healing and medicinal properties when used correctly but that the this cam this public campaign to legalize weed so that these huge companies like yeah owned by big tobacco can make a ton of money on it um part of this public perceptual shift about cannabis in the last 10 years or so has been that it's just this sweet little healing herb like it's just it's so good for you you know it's it's great and that's not the case it's dangerous it can be dangerous for some people and especially when it's used a lot especially when it's super concentrated like that um like in vape pens but still like again even even just the buds that have not been concentrated into vape pens are so much more high percentage thc now that in certain people they can induce psychosis so this article is super good and at the end of tara's essay sharing about mila's life and death she gives a ton 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 of resources there as well so i please share this please 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 share this with all the teenagers you know all of the parents of teenagers that you know or people in their early 20s too um i'd it should be regulated cannabis there's people now advocating for these new cannabis products to be more tightly regulated i don't know if you've ever been to a dispensary if you're in a state like here in california where it's legal but it's crazy people call them like apple stores they are we have one here in nevada county and it's just it's like a high end all these it's like all you know white and like minimalist and all these crazy products like the first time i went in i was like oh i do not like it here like i would literally rather buy a dime bag in a parking lot like i used to in my 20s than this like super curated weird shit and then the ingredients like if you just read the ingredients on any of these products they're not they're not health inducing but they're being marketed and sold as if they are super supportive of your health and wellness um so please please read these articles that i will link below and educate yourself about the new cannabis um and really talk to kids about about it about overuse and about combining psychedelics with weed because what happened to trinity is so fucking sad she was such a beautiful sweet person and you know she was just being a teenager like i'm fucking done with people judging teenagers for doing drugs first of all they always have as long as they've been drugs available to do um teenagers are going to experiment and especially in light of the world and the society that they've inherited and especially in the last few years everything that the pandemic did to this age group um by far the most affected age group and you know how it affected everyone and then just think about how acute that is for adolescents who are wired to be together and who are at the beginning of their lives and now just feeling hopeless for what's next the economy everything it's Ugh, my heart just breaks so i'm seeing a lot of these drug judgments online and facebook groups and on youtube and that's what i want to talk about next is just this phenomenon i'm noticing and i don't i don't know if there's any point in talking about it i don't i i feel like i am noticing it because i'm in this county where okay so in August, um, another 16-year-old girl, Kylie Rodney, went missing from Truckee. 
and Truckee is in the same county I'm in, Nevada County, but it's a long, weirdly shaped county. <laughs> there is a vast, vast wilderness that separates Truckee from Grass Valley in Nevada City, where I live. It's eastern and western Nevada County. Um, it's, I mean, it's just like a geographical fluke that we're even in the same county. But I'm going to come back to that later and all the conspiracy theorists and the true crime um, citizen sleuths, so-called. So Kylie, you might have heard about her. Maybe it got national coverage, as did Trinity, by the way. Um, Kylie was at a party uh, at a campground, kind of celebrating the recent like high school graduates. She had graduated early. She was 16, and she texted her mom around midnight or something saying okay i'm on my way home and when her mom woke up the next day kylie wasn't there and so she and her car were missing for two weeks and then the sheriffs finally called in these underwater divers who had this specialty extremely expensive sonar equipment that they didn't have and they found her car they found her body in her car in a lake right next to the campground she had been partying at and so during that, during the two weeks she was missing, and then when she was found as well, um, you know, I'd look for information. Like, obviously, I'm, <laughs> she's 16, like my daughter. I'm, I grew up in the same area. I used to party in the woods of the High Sierra. Like, I understand the culture that she's growing up in. And um, it could have been me. It could have been me or any of my friends at any point. It's a fucking miracle that no one I knew died or had anything bad happened to us in high school because we drank and partied like maniacs the entire time like in the woods camping and the lake was right there and i just you know for so many reasons i felt invested and really interested in this case and obviously wanting her to be found so that her family could have some peace um so what i'm noticing as i'm like looking in facebook groups to see if there's any new information is that there's all these conspiracy theories about what happened to kylie and the whole time I'm like, no, like, I think she got drunk and took a wrong turn because she was drinking that night, her friends confirmed. And it's dark and she's probably listening to music and maybe looking at her phone and she fucking drove into the lake and didn't realize until it was too late and she couldn't get out. And just so many people think that's totally impossible and there had to be foul play involved. And <clears throat> I'm just like knowing because I used to party like she did in the same landscape and like driving in the dark in these areas especially if she didn't have her brights on she absolutely could have not realized she was driving into the lake until it was too late especially if she's going too fast and she's drunk and she's distracted possibly um so when she was found and when it was like deemed an accident i was like good thank god maybe these people will chill out oh no oh no they did not um accuse naming her friends her teenage friends accusing them of all these things just randos on the internet people have nothing better to do with their time and i just finally had to like sit back and stop engaging i had to leave all those facebook groups she had been found there was closure we knew what happened um i just kind of had to let it go because i was like arguing with people on facebook which i don't do which i haven't done in years and years and years and years but it made me so angry and i was also really angry with how adults are bringing their adult judgments to teenagers and having no compassion for the teenage brain and the fact that the brain doesn't fully develop until 25 and um 
it just drives me crazy how adults in our culture don't take the neurology of children into account when judging their behavior from two years old to 16 years old. I see it all the time. And any parent listening to this has experienced it, you know, that people judge your kids where you're like, dude, she's acting like a typical three-year-old, like relax. Okay. I know it's annoying or whatever, but like, this is, we just don't understand childhood in our culture anymore. We sort of pathologize normal childhood behavior, including teenage behavior. So that was one element that was driving me crazy. And then stopped looking, just let it go. And then Trinity goes missing. And Trinity is also a pretty white 16 year old girl missing in Nevada County. Even though, like I said earlier, vast wilderness separates Truckee from Nevada City, like, California is huge. Northern California is huge. I think these people who don't live here don't understand how big the geographic landscape is. And they're just trying to, the human brain looks for patterns, right? Um, And because there was a period of time, Kylie brought all this national attention to our county. And then when Trinity goes missing too, people are like, oh my God, another girl in Nevada County. There must be nefarious foul play. And they start all these Facebook groups and YouTube channels again, and it starts going fucking crazy. And there's this added element, fucking tragic element to this story that about a year and two weeks before Trinity died, a 15-year-old local girl was killed in a hit and run accident um, while skateboarding home from a party at night, a Halloween party with her boyfriend. The party had been in his neighborhood and so they were just going back home and a drunk 18 year old girl driving way too fast hit her and hit and run. But then she turned herself in a couple days later. So the boyfriend who was with that girl that night and I remember my daughter telling me that he was like just holding her body wailing in the middle of the road when the other friends who were at the party came out to see what had happened had gone on to date Trinity and him and Trinity had been together for a while, a while, like, you know, in teenage years, a long time. And by all accounts, were just wonderful for each other and super happy together. They had jobs together as dishwashers at a local cafe that I love and, Um, so this boy lost two girlfriends within the space of about a year to tragic accidents. Okay. So now the story starts to get fucking starts to anger me and get just so bizarre. And I just can't believe it still. So there's all these true crime in quotes, true crime YouTube channels. Um, They're monetized channels that people just speculating. And so they all went crazy with Kylie Rodney. I think a lot of them started with Kylie. And now they're like, oh shit, a second Nevada County girl is missing. And then they catch wind of the third girl, the first girl to die in a hit and run accident a year ago. And that her boyfriend was also dating Trinity when she died. And so of course these people, human brain looks for patterns. People are fucking losers with nothing else to do. They decide that he must have had a hand in these deaths, not Kylie, but the other two. Although some of them are looking for, I mean, if you go on YouTube right now and you will find so many videos made in the last week or so 
trying to link all three of these girls' deaths together. Um, but especially the first and the last, the first girl and Kyle and Trinity, because they were dating the same guy at the same time, who my daughter and everyone else says is like the sweetest guy. Um, so this one YouTube channel, especially, this woman who apparently grew up here, now lives in a nearby town. I'm just, I'm really trying not to drop names that aren't necessary. Um, she puts out a couple videos and she names the teenage boy, the boyfriend, first and last name. She names his mother's first and last name. And she speculates, she says she's heard that he's a drug dealer and that he had given his first girlfriend drugs the night she died and that he had sold the, given the acid to Trinity the night that she died, which everyone is now saying is not true his mom his aunt um he has not been questioned or arrested by the police like it's not true my daughter says he is the farthest thing from a drug dealer but she's getting clicks she's getting those clicks on her youtube channel man because she's got the inside scoop because she grew up here so she knows people so she's naming a fucking minor accusing him of being a drug dealer who had a hand in the deaths of two teenage girls He's also a teenager, right? Um, the night she does that, he and his brother and their single mom have to flee their home in the middle of the night because they're getting death threats from this YouTube channel's followers who have, they've got the first and last name from from the woman who created the channel, who's also has, has so many Kylie Rodney um, videos up, just who murdered Kylie, you know, all this kind of, shit that just makes me so angry and i so as as of this recording the family's still out of town they're just like gone they're terrified for their lives um finally that those words i read you earlier from trinity's aunt whose house she was at that night the next day she releases this statement on facebook that i just read you part of um, and it kind of lays all of that to rest, right? She finally tells the whole story. So all the busybodies on the internet who just have to know exactly what happened, they finally get to know exactly what happened. And I will say, I understand the curiosity. I wanted to know exactly what happened that night too. I get that. What I don't get is the terrorizing of the families of these victims, of these children by internet strangers who think they're smarter than law enforcement, think that they have put the patterns together and only they can figure out the mystery. As a friend of mine said, it's like they treat it as their own interactive uh, episode of Law and Order, or I keep seeing it as they're gamifying these tragedies. They're not thinking about these children or their families as real life people. They think it's a fucking true crime podcast and they're like, hmm, oh yeah, I see the, oh, I'm putting, oh my gosh, did you think about, well, what about, you know, and like think that they're going to figure out things that law enforcement or the people on the ground in the community haven't already figured out. And it just, it's, can you imagine being the parents or family members of one of these kids and all over YouTube and Facebook, and I'm sure elsewhere are people just spinning theory after theory after theory about what happened and like and then and then so this thing with the boyfriend that was totally next level right that it brought this harassment into his life when he is deeply grieving the second death of his girlfriend of someone he loved in a year it's just unconscionable it's absolutely not okay so i'm just 
it has been such an emotional roller coaster this last week and i'm i'm like texting and messaging with all my friends and the other moms and everyone's furious about it but i'm not seeing anyone online challenging these people or trying to take them down so i finally post in our local um just local facebook group the big one with like i don't know it's like twenty-two thousand people or something and i just i say does anyone know the identity of the person behind the main channel spewing the conspiracy theories about trinity's death and the one that named her boyfriend and his mother's first and last names and caused them to have to flee their home with police escort in the middle of the night um because what i keep thinking about is the alex jones precedent if you i'm not tuned into this alex jones is the Infowars guy who since it happened i believe has been saying that the sandy hook school shooting was a hoax was fake that the parents faked it I mean, I just, it's, I just, again, unconscionable. I cannot fucking believe that this man would do that. And so he just had to pay out over, or the ruling was that he has to pay over a billion dollars to the parents of the kids who died that day. Um, <laughs> my teenage daughter was the same age as those kids when that happened too. It's you, you parents know that when something happens to a child in the news, that's your exact child's age. It's just, it just resonates in a different way. It hits you deeper. Um, and I was just ruined by that. I was devastated by that as so many people were. And then here's this fucker saying that it's not true. Right. Um, and so it was an unprecedented case. It was a precedent setting case that he was found, I don't know, he was found guilty, but that he had to pay out this money. So I'm thinking about that, right. With this. And I post that in the same post, like, I'm, is, is there an attorney out there or anyone knowledgeable about the precedent that the Alex Jones case sent about not being able to lie and vomit conspiracy theories about children's deaths online? And within an hour or two of me posting that, she took her entire YouTube channel down. I don't know if it was directly related to that. Um, I'm sure she was in that group or someone, one of her fans or followers is in that group. So it's very likely that it was related to that. But dude, she named a minor on her channel and said false things about him and caused severe harassment to him and his family and absolutely worsened the experience of grief and loss that they were already in. And another piece about this too is that she says over and over in her videos that are now gone, I just care about truth and justice. That's why I'm doing this. I care about truth and just, she says that over and over and over again. And all the people and then all her followers in the comments are just like, mm, we all just care so much about these kids. We just, oh, we, we are the best people doing this from the goodness of our hearts. They are fucking not. They are vampires masquerading as saints feasting on the blood of children. She is making money. Every headline is all in caps. Where is Trinity Beckus? Like, fuck you. That's not someone who cares. That's not someone who is trying to bring healing to those left behind with clearly accidental deaths. All three of these girls died accidental deaths. I don't know if the first one was on drugs. That was never uh, released. It's possible. It was middle of the night halloween party situation i know that the girl who hit her was drunk um we know that kylie had been drinking when she drove into the lake and we know what happened to trinity acid plus cannabis these are tragedies and the common denominators are teenagers with teenage brains substances again not sure about the first girl 
herself being on the substance, but the girl who hit her was, and um, being in motion, traveling from point A to point B. Those are the three. That That's the pattern to look for. <laughs> those are facts. Those are the threads that tie all of them. But now that these um, vampires online have got a hold of this first girl's death and that they all happen in the same county within a year they're just going fucking crazy like new youtube videos every single day and i really am very i know it's like um david and goliath you know like i know my voice isn't going to do much but i if anyone out there has information on a possible way to stop these people bring them down i think a lawsuit is the only way to do it i don't even know if the families would be interested but i do have access to the families and could bring this to them if there was an attorney willing to help um again with the alex jones case as a precedent that you cannot just tell lies about the deaths of children online it causes real harm to the people left behind and it's absolutely not okay um and you know it's also like a a true crime it's sort of what true crime has done to our brains collectively and like i get it i totally understand why true crime fascinates people it fascinates me i don't go as deep as some people but i've definitely done some some podcasts and some series and like i get it it's interesting human behavior is fascinating and uh, crime is just one of the most interesting i don't know aspects of human behavior so like i get it but the our cultural fascination with true crime is just deleting our empathy and i just want us to be aware of that you know be aware of that obviously like it just seems like empathy is plummeting everywhere and the internet collapses real human beings into one-dimensional names for other people on the internet you know we just it's like we're losing our humanity in so many ways and i feel like one thing i'm really trying to do with this podcast and with my work in the world is fight to help us all remember our humanity right remembering what it is to be human upon the earth so i mean i'm not going to put any of this in the title or the description for this episode because i don't want to bring the attention of these vengeful, non-critical thinkers to myself. Obviously, I'm willing to do it, though. I posted in our local Facebook group with 22,000 people under my real name. Um, And I I just don't want to sensationalize this anymore. It's been sensationalized to fucking death. The New York Post ran a headline related to Trinity that something like, dead girl's mom needs time to grieve because Trinity's mom, actually just a friend of her mom, put in her mom's Instagram story, like, you know, Andrea just needs time to like process this and to grieve right now. So if you could please leave her alone. The New York Post made that a fucking headline. How dehumanizing is that? Of course the dead girl's mom needs time to grieve. We need to make that a headline? Like, the hell is going wrong with our culture? And like, why... Do so many of us have this, why do we need to protect kids so fucking hard from our culture? We should be 
creating cultures where kids are inherently protected, valued, understood, respected, instead of the exact opposite. Um, so dude, fucking so much love and respect to all of the parents trying to parent children in this culture right now. It is as toxic and terrifying as it gets, as it's ever been. I'm sure it can get worse, um, but it's certainly never been this bad. And I, if you feel like you are just, like I said, constantly deflecting some new threat or other, you are. It's real. Um yeah if you have insight or information or can be helpful get in touch i know it's very unlikely but my god and please speak out against it when you see it like when i posted in our facebook group so many people feel the same way i do i'm I'm positive we are the majority but they don't say anything they don't say anything to these people because they just see them getting like love and praise in their comments on their youtube channels and on their facebook groups and I mean, I've seen a few people stand up against it, but very few. But then when I post and I see, oh, all these people actually agree with me. It's like, where are your voices? We have to raise our voices against this dehumanizing trend. And again, I know it's really specific. Like probably most of you had no idea this was going on because you don't live in my county. I also feel positive that there have been three or more teenage deaths in many, 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 many other counties in America in the last couple years, but they don't get sensationalized like this because there's not a period of time in which a pretty white girl is missing. Like Kylie, Kylie brought America's attention to Nevada County because she was missing for two weeks. And that just gave enough time for us to get on the map of these unwell people who then spend their time making videos to get clicks, to get money about this. I don't remember if I already said that I like Googled how to find out if YouTube channels are monetized. It's like this whole code thing. I did not know what I was looking at. It took me a while to do it correctly, but I finally did. These channels are all monetized. They're all making money every time someone clicks on one of their headlines. And then everyone in their comments is like, we care so much, we're such good people, yay. No, they're terrorizing victims' families. They are tarnishing the legacies and the memories of these beautiful souls, these girls who died too young, accidental deaths with, yes, drug involvement. So talk to your teens and... Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to title this or what I'm going to put in the description, Um, but thank you for listening to this random diatribe, and um, thank you for being here. Five years of medicine stories, it feels good right now to have a platform to share this, even though it has nothing to do with what I usually talk about. Um, Thank you. I love doing this podcast. I'm going to keep doing this podcast. As I always say, sometimes it's slow going. It's just me. I'm a mom. I'm overwhelmed all the time. I'm doing my best. I'm super, super grateful for you. And there's going to be more to come in the future.